guys welcome back to another episode of the morning skate this is episode 158 uh we got a ton to talk about it's your host ketters how's it going uh we actually have the full squad on this week they decide to you know plug themselves in so that's been kind of nice so biz dev dale i don't know if you guys remember him he's normally in in the uh, analytics section of this podcast and he sends out emails we haven't sent out an email since i think march uh biz dev how are we doing bud don't undermine me, bro. I'm good, dude. I'm happy to be back, dude. I took a little hiatus, but I'm uh, I'm happy to be back with the boys, dude. Fucking... We're happy to have you back, dude. I appreciate uh, the effort that you're displaying tonight, and, and you have good vibes, and I like that. Uh, Hal's also here. Hal's lying on the bed. How's it going, bud? Yeah, it's uh, it's great to have Dale back. Uh, I mean, to be fair, I was thinking about it the other day. Like, isn't it? It's still fucking weird to me that it's September and it's like playoff hockey and like there's supposed to be an off season. Like I still don't understand how this off season is about to work, but usually August, like if there's one thing this podcast needs, it's vacations. We didn't get one. We always, I mean, we're not a, I, we're not a playoff. I wouldn't say we're a playoff podcast. Like um, we just never have the regs legs, like burnt out from the regular season. I feel like, and all of a sudden we start kind of <laughs> dipsy doodling. So, I mean, I don't know. Just kind of, for the course I'm, I'm glad you said that because i was actually in my truck today and i was thinking about like how we did a great job all year and then we got the playoffs and we kind of really fell off and how like we're probably only getting it about i don't know a month or two off before we head right back into the nhl regular season so that's gonna be weird you said you don't know what happens the rangers are gonna draft this kid alexi lafreniere uh first overall so once the season's over that's the one of the first thing that's gonna happen and also your boston bruins have some moves that they have to make which we'll get into later in this pod um, but yeah, so I think we're just going to kind of free wheel this. Uh, we have some things written down, but it's not your normal thing. So let's just do it. NHL in the news. Let's go. All right, NHL in the news time. How do you have the doc pulled up with our uh, official records as of right now? Yeah, it's tough. I was really proud. I was at 500. Uh, no surprise to anyone uh, that we're all under 500 at this point. Well, can we talk about who's on the come up, though? Ked, so, Ked, after starting out 1-7 week one, he did go perfect 4-0 last week. Uh, he's now sitting at 9-11. Uh, which just has him tied for first with me. I went one and three last week. Some would say the Bruins clouded my judgment. Um, it was a tough showing. And then we have Bizdev Dale back. People forget Bizdev Dale was in first place uh, after week one. He's 0 for 12 because he hasn't been to the last two podcasts, which have been over, it's been over a month. So Those are the rules. Five and 15, though, he doesn't have a chance at even tying us. Um, so it's kind of exciting, dude. We have three series left to pick and we're tied. We might have to come up with a bet. I think we have more than three series, don't we? we oh, yeah, we do. Fuck, man. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, yeah, we'll figure it out. I don't know. We'll, we'll spin. Um, 
But let's just kind of go over our the series that just kind of happened. Uh, just, you know, little uh, little tidbits, little spark notes, if you guys will. Um, we'll start off with your Bruins, man. Uh, the Bruins got beat by the Tampa Bay Lightning five games. Yeah. Right? Uh, 4-1. There's a whole lot of things that were going on. I think, honestly, for me, it just comes back to the fact that you guys are playing a guy named Par Lindholm. I don't think that's a championship quality roster if you have uh, him on the squad. I do have some questions. But I'll, I'll ask the questions I have for the Bruins afterwards. How do you kind of want us to give us a breakdown of this series? Uh, something that stuck out to me was, and I, I don't know if this is, I'm not trying to directly chirp the Bruins, but I think Cedric Paulcat, Alex Killorn, the guys that might not be the most skilled guys on the Lightning still had a, a, vis, like a visible impact on the series. Um, and I think, and again, I, I'm really, I promise you I'm not coming for you. I don't think Milan Lucic or Nathan Horton or Mark Grecky would have allowed that to happen back in the day. So if we're, if we're looking at rosters, I think maybe the roster now is more skilled when you look at the perfection line. Thank God I don't have to hear that anymore. That's another reason why the Bruins lost is because they fucking coined this line. Of, I hated that. Um, I think you have a lot, a lot of skill, but the grit guys, I, I just, Jake DeBrusque had an all right, an all right playoffs. I was expecting maybe a little bit more out of him. I thought David Krejci was one of the guys that should have been highlighted more than the perfection line. I thought he played his fucking ass off. It was nice to see Brandon Carlo actually make it through a playoff. Uh, Zdeno Ochara, guy, absolute animal. Loved him out there. Uh, and my other question at some point that I'd like to answer is Tuka Rask gets a ton of hate all the time from Boston media. Tuka Rask had to go home. Uh, do you think that these guys finally see how important he is to your team? And secondly, I forget the idiot's name, but he tweeted out and said something about how Tugaras was a, uh, how he abandoned his team. And like, we all know he went home because his daughter was in the hospital. So let's just kind of dive in. Tell us your, your positives, your negatives. Also really quick, Braden points, one of the best players in the NHL. I don't care what you say. He, he produces in the regular season. I think a lot of the times you see guys produce in the regular season and then it comes to the playoffs. Playoffs is almost like a different animal. Whether you like it or not, the game is more physical. It is a little bit faster, and Brain Point continues to fucking do this. And all you hear are names like Stamkos, Kucherov, Hedman. I think it's about time that Braden Point is one of the first names that you talk about when you talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning. So, Hal, take it away, pal. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to start off by mentioning at the beginning of the series, if you listen back last week, I said Braden Point is the best forward on Tampa Bay Lightning. So I have been saying that, dude. I wish you, I wish you would uh, listen to me. I know you're agreeing. I'm just it wasn't, it wasn't directed towards you. It was directed towards the public. I think you're, I think you're pissed because you think I went at the Bruins, and I thought I was very reasonable in my analysis. I don't think you did at all. Uh, I mean, I think a little bit of misguided. I'll get to that. I'll start out with the Lightning. I think the Lightning are the better team. I think you mentioned Tuukka Rask. I think. You're not going to beat the Lightning with your backup, Halak, who I still think is a good backup, but I don't think he's going to carry them in the playoffs. Didn't – so I didn't really have that much hope, and I agree. I mean, their bottom six look good for the most part. I think John Cooper does a good job with his lines. Like, I don't know. I feel like on most teams, Yanni Gord's a top six forward, and he usually is, like, on the third or fourth line. But he's a catalyst. He's fast. Like, very skilled player. Just the way he balances his line out, I think he did a great job with that. I think – MC- Oh, sorry. Keep going. No, I was going to say, I think NBC kind of sucked the Lightning's dick a little bit about how cool their bottom six is. Like, I don't know if this is a really bad take, but I think the worst forward in their bottom six is Tyler Johnson, and I think Tyler Johnson gets a little too much time. I don't know. Because he used to be really good. Yeah, 
Yeah, like he did used to be really good. It's weird to me that he's one of the more irrelevant players, and I feel like Lightning fans might hate that take because he's kind of been – he's like an undrafted guy. Yeah. And like you appreciate him. And that playoff series against the Rangers, I think he went off in. Like I could be totally wrong on that. It was weird just to see him have a different role. But like overall, dude, Victor Hedman's like the best defenseman in the league probably. I mean, how good is he, dude? Yeah. And Andre Vasilevsky's a top goalie in the league too. Like he – when he's on – He's just one of those robot goalies. Like, they have one of the – two of the best forwards in the lineup right now, arguably the best defenseman and, like, a Vesna finalist every year, like, on their team. Like, they're the team to beat. So, I normally root against Tampa Bay Lightning just because I – that's where all the fucking Trader Rangers go and shit. Have you seen our boy from Messina, New York, play one of – I mean, he's playing out of his fucking mind right now. Zach Bogosian, this guy was dead in the water in Buffalo. People stopped fucking talking about him. He's playing a role on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Him, He's joining the rush. He's throwing bodies. You know he's tough. He'll fight if he needs to. Like, kind of makes me root for them a little bit just because, like, that one goal that Bogosian uh, – I, I don't know if it was an assist where he dangled somebody and passed it to uh, Blake Coleman. And, like, I just – I love seeing Zach Bogosian come streaking down the wing out of fucking nowhere. It's nice to see. Yeah, I agree with that. I think – you know how they do that Hockey Town USA shit? I always think Messina – Oh, my God. Like if, <laughs> like, if I think of, like, a Hockey Town in New York, I actually think Messina might be the Hockey Town in New York. It's, like, right on the border of Cornwall, Ontario. I don't know. Uh, I just – I would hate for them to fuck with the rink, dude, because half of the rink is a rink and the other half is a barn, and I think that's why the ice is so – that's the best ice I've ever skated on. I remember in high school taking three strides and I was already down the other end of the ice, and it's like, thank God, because I'm tired. Yeah. Yeah, I, I need that. But he had that one move, too. You remember? I forget. He might have dangled, like, Krug at the blue line and fed a pass in, like, game two, maybe. Bogosian looked good. And then the other thing I was going to say is those – Ex-New York Ranger defenseman actually looked pretty good, too. I thought – Kevin Shankirk, dude. Where the fuck was that guy the last two years? Throwing the body around. Like, he, I don't know if he was healthy. I don't know if it's because he has, like – he's, like, the number four defenseman there. And, like – I thought the same thing, dude. But then when he was controlling the puck on the, on the fucking power play, fucking just little toe drags at the blue line, I never saw that. Not one time. I think he might just be a defenseman who's more comfortable because, like, yeah. when he's – the guy like I think it just yeah. was too much pressure for him maybe I don't know and speaking of almost the same exact situation when McDonough came back in game five I thought their defense like was even better like I could yeah. see a noticeable improvement I think and I hate a lot of guys on the lightning after this series I actually think Chernak's kind of sick um, oh I do too dude he's kind of he's a dick but like he'll he'll back it up yeah I don't know if you remember it but like four years ago the lightning used to have Andre Schuster, whatever his name is. He was like six eight, but he was like a twig. Where yeah. Chernak's just like six five, but like a brick house. I don't yeah. know. Uh, so, yeah, I think if you're a Lightning fan, there's a ton of positives. I'm going to allude to it later, but I really like the Lightning moving forward. And I think as we record this podcast, they're up on the aisles 3-1 after the first period. And they're doing it without Steve Stamkos. Yeah. So, it's I don't – What? Yeah. We can get into that later. I'll do – I'll just pivot to the Bruins really okay, quick. All right, here we go. Bruins talk. Before you get into it, is this Tory Krug's last game as a Boston Bruin? I don't know. I dropped the I don't I dropped the fact on you. He said he was the longest tenured Bruin uh, on the Boston. Team. I thought it was Boston athlete. Boston athlete. Boston athlete that hasn't won a championship ring, which makes sense because he came in 2013. Uh, that's kind of weird to hear. He's been around for a while. I still kind of think of him as like the young kid who came into that first playoff when they made it 
to the finals. He was getting ripped apart by fans. Like the the Boston fans were saying that he had already checked out and like all this shit. Like I didn't think he looked that awful. Didn't he leave one of the games for a little bit? I think he was injured. He might've been injured, dude. I don't know. I would say he did not have a good playoff though. He was not the Tory. He wasn't the Tory Krug of last year's playoffs or years. Fair to say. Yeah. He wasn't bomb rushing anybody, but I don't think he gave up. I think he's an emotional guy. And I think, it came out. It came out that the Bruins really haven't um, gone into any contract negotiations with him yet. Like, there's been very little chatter. I don't know if that hurts. And then also, this was supposed to be his year to get paid, and then the lockout changed it, right? So the cap is staying the same when I'm supposed to improve. So he's going to lose money that way, and it's pretty clear. He says it basically like this is his contract to cash in. Like he said is- that he like he actually said that. I don't know if it was a Twitter or something, but he meant he mentioned that. He had taken kind of team-friendly contracts before, and this is finally his time to cash in. And, like, he's doing the Matt Zuccarello, dude. Fucking, you earned it, man. Go get your yeah. money. Yeah, I don't uh, – my opinion on it is if we can sign him reasonably because we have cap issues, I would love to have him back. If he goes, I'm not going to be mad because, again, he earned it. And I think it'll actually be a travesty because that Tory Krug might leave the Bruins without a cup. Because if you look at the core, like, ultimately the core of this team – which is crumbling, which we're talking about. And Pasta and McAvoy are there now, but it's really Chara, Rask, Marshan, Gracie, and Marshan. Yeah. Like, they're the ones who have always been there. And then the next guy is Tory Krug. Like, he was the closest to yeah. that era, and he kind of played like them. He had the same mentality. So, if he leaves, it'll suck, dude. Like, I'll be heartbroken, but I would, I would root for that guy anywhere. And if he wants to cash in and, like, go play for Detroit, like, I'm all about that if he wants to go home. So, That'd be fun. That would actually be really cool. I, I would. I'd be pumped about that. Is this uh? Is this is Dano Chara's last game as a Boston Bruin? I don't know. I, I thought he just signed a year contract, and now everybody's talking. Now he's not playing anymore. Was yeah, I wrong? Was that the year before? Yeah. Um. Yeah. It was the year before. I think I got confused on that too. I don't know, man. This is a really hard one for me. I love Chara too. This is a. He's like the Bruin. I don't know if you watched the game they got knocked out. Doc Emmerich. Oh, my God, dude. Like, it's always so beautiful. And, like, his little tribute when Charo was skating off, I was like – I didn't know if he needed Kleenex for his tears or his loads, bro. (laughs) Yeah, dude. He was loving it. But I agree, dude. Charo is the man. I just – I'm kind of rattled that he basically came out and, like, put the ball in the Bruins' court. Oh, he did? He's like, I want to come back next year and I want to be a Boston Bruin. Like, I love Boston. Like, he said he wants to come back. And I thought – I thought they might cut ties. Like, I think it's kind of weird they haven't signed him yet either. Um, my issue – What's the issue What's the issue with signing Chara? Is it, is it he wants too much money, or do, are you guys actually looking to move on from him? Because there's, there's if it's not too much money and you can sign the guy for a million dollars a year, he'll be a top six defenseman for anybody, I would think. Like, he can still you, – you could still put him on the fucking penalty kill, limit his minutes, yeah. fucking give him – Toss him 15, 16 minutes a night and just let, let him kind of just ride it out. I hear you, dude. And I, I kind of agree with that, but he's, he's pretty slow. I still think he's an effective player. He's definitely an effective penalty killer. And I wouldn't hate him being on the third line. I just think for whatever reason, uh, Bruce Cassidy kind of uses him as a crutch with McAvoy. And I just really want to see Charlie McAvoy play with a different defenseman, someone yeah. who's not slow and someone that he doesn't, like, have to cover. Like, I love Chara. If he comes back in a third-line role, I can accept it. But there's also – we have a ton of young defensemen that, like, I'm excited about, and I don't want to, like, lose for Chara. I don't know. If he comes back, good. If he doesn't, good. He's – number's going to be retired. I love Zidane Chara. 
I kind of wish he didn't do that though. The moment, the moment you guys actually make like a statement that Char is not coming back, is it a second afterwards that Patrice Bergeron gets to see? Yeah, a hundred percent. Which will be great, dude. And I actually want to. I'm just gonna pivot to the next thing really quick, and then we'll rattle through these because people are probably like, Jesus Christ. Before you pivot, dude, you've never bought a jersey before. A Patrice Bergeron captain jersey should be your first jersey. That's a sick jersey. That's not a bad jersey. So, so Bergeron, I think for a lot of people, did not pass the eye test in these playoffs. I think he looked a little bit slower, and I would agree with that. I don't think he was someone that benefited from this. Uh, but I just wanted to throw out these numbers because I thought this was interesting. This is just why Patrice Bergeron is Patrice Bergeron. In the Bruins' 10 playoff games, Patrice Bergeron played 129 minutes of five-on-five hockey, and the Lightning and Hurricanes did not score a goal. Bergeron had 58% of the attempts, 63% of the shots, and 58% of the scoring chances versus opponents when he was on the ice. So he was, like, kind of low-key, the trigger man on that march. (laughs) Holy shit. Whereas, like, Pasta, well, Pasta has those moments of, like, incredible skill, but sometimes I still just think he's young and needs to harness it a little bit in the playoffs. He's still electric, dude. I love Pasta. Like, I'm not trying to be negative on him. I just think there's another – level he can take in the playoffs that he hasn't figured out yet dude it was like two years ago and i think the bruins were playing the rangers and it was like joe micheletti mentioned that and we were like in february that martian pasta and bergeron hadn't gotten scored on five on five and i was like how think think about how many minutes you're on the ice five on five you're the top line you're the, not only you're the top line you're battling the other team's top line so you're trying to score goals and you're also trying to shut down the other team's players, and that's insane. Yeah. That no. team, I mean, and Bergeron's stats that you just read fucking prove it, man. That's, that's incredible, man. Holy fuck. Yeah, so that's all I have on Bergeron, like, still performing. Um, you mentioned it. I wanted to touch on this really quick. Um, the Bruins kind of lack of, of uh, kind of grit and being able to overcome and play with that bottom six. I do agree with that. I think our bottom six definitely needs to get better, but two things happen that I really liked. For, or one thing happened I really liked. One thing I think really derailed us. thing that I liked is in game five, and this is a guy that you've kind of chirped in the past, and I think you actually liked him for a game, was Anders Bjork. Um, oh, I loved it. I, I drafted him high pick in a fantasy draft, like the first year he was going to be out because you're like, Ked, you have no idea we're getting this Anders Bjork kid. He's going to be top two lines. He's going to score so many goals. Fuck that kid. Although I did chirp him in the past, but he did have that one shift that helped them battle back. And towards the end of the game, you're on the power play and you have nothing going on. Ked was texting you, put 10 on the ice. Yeah. Put, 10, put 10 on the ice right fucking now. So I thought, yeah, so Anders Bjork, Charlie Coyle, and Jack Stanika. I hope that's the third line going the Love next Love Charlie year. Coyle, dude. Huge body, bangs. I don't know. I thought Stanika was like a spare part. He's like a legitimate roster player. No, he's a pro. He's, that was like his – he never – he played like one game in the regular season this year. He was a, like a rookie in the age. Oh, he's young. Yeah, so he's a 20. Okay. He's a second-round pick. He, I think he led the AHL in shorthanded goals this year. He's like kind of – he's a funky player. I like yeah. him. He didn't look great, but I thought he showed, like, creative stuff sometimes. So that's my one thing. Second thing, Corrali getting injured after game two, I think, killed our bottom six. Like, Sean Corrali is a playoff performer. And the other guy we talked about in the first round, you told me when we were in uh, Martha's Vineyard together that you always noticed Wagner when he was on the ice. Him being out in game five was a huge – kick to like those two guys 
pretty much change our fourth line. Otherwise, I feel like Joe Kim Nordstrom just can't throw the body around without those other two guys on the Love ice. Love Nordstrom, though. Love him. <laughs> I don't know, man. I hope I – hope What they... tattoos that guy has, man. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, you mentioned Wagner. Wagner is like a uh, – he's like a poor man's Brendan Gallagher to me. Like, you kind of see him all the time, and he's always mixing shit up, and he's always hitting – like, bet Gallagher puts the puck in the net, but, like, you know when Gallagher's on, he's, like, playing his game where he's, like, pissing people off? Like, I feel like Wagner's got a little bit out in his game. 100%. Shout out Colgate Hockey, I think. Dartmouth. It was either Dartmouth or Colgate. 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 Uh, Dartmouth two, Hockey follows us on Twitter. Hell, yeah. Two last things. Uh, Nick Ritchie sucks, dude. I, I, oh my God, dude. Bad at hockey, man. That Is hit, that one of the worst played hockey games in playoff history? Oh, my God. And then, like, I, I tweeted from the main account. I'm not a guy who calls out suspensions a lot. I thought he was going to get suspended just because, like, I felt like everything was going to happen, and he didn't. Like, he got – I think he got scratched in the end, which was awesome, but I was like, why are you even giving us the chance to put him in the lineup? Like, I think that was the, that, that was the suspension. <laughs> yeah, that he could play. I don't know. I just don't see it with him. Like he's awful, dude. You got to get rid of those brothers. That's like when the fucking Rangers signed like Marcel Hosa and Feder Fedorov. Like, get those fucking guys as far away from my team as possible. Dude, that's what I'm saying. We talked about this earlier. I still can't believe the Bruins had this guy's older brother. We're like, eh, sent him to the AHL, and then traded for his little brother at the trade deadline. Like, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Like, same family. Like, I, I don't know, man. It's the same issue. So, you know what player You know what player would have made the Bruins fucking thrive? And you're going to hate this, but if he was on the Bruins, he, if you guys had Kadri and you had that fucking – no, because Kadri had an unbelievable playoff. I don't know if you watch a lot of the Avs games. Noticeable every shift for the most part kept his shit in line, and you know he's annoying as shit. He would have been a fucking perfect player for your Boston Bruins. Yeah, I agree. I, for some weird reason, dude, I thought you were going to say Abdelkader. But uh, <laughs> from, like, oh, back in the day, I don't know why. Uh, that's all I have, man. We'll move on. I think – about I It's, like, his, like, third full season, I think, and I just – That guy's got to score goals for you guys to move on. Yeah, I mean, he's been close to a 30-goal score. I just don't – I mean, the playoffs. The that, guy, that guy needs to – be a player in the playoffs for you guys to have a chance to do this championship. It thing. seems like the only goals he scores in the playoffs is when he like skates fast and then he just beats someone. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's sustainable. You have to find he other. Needs to, he needs to get his ass to the net is what yeah. he needs to do. And he didn't do any of that. I actually saw a lot of him like going behind the net and like into the corners. And it's like, bro, you're a big fucking kid. Get to the fucking net. Like, and you're fast and you got a frame on you. Like, you know, I, I don't know. It's that kind of fun, but a uh, positive of that, though, is it's, he's an RFA this summer, so that kind of helps the Bruins. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Last half full. Um, all right, <clears throat> moving on. Isles Flyers, we'll talk about this one quick. The, the, next two, the next three series ended up going seven. Um, the Islanders ended up taking down the Philadelphia Flyers. There was something out that said Elaine Vigneault is 2-0 and when his team's trail 3-1 in a playoff series. Not this time, pal. Carter Hart's no Henrik Lundqvist. Uh, the New York Islanders, I've said this, they're the best coach team in the NHL. I had zero doubts that they were going to win that game seven. I fucking hate the fact that I like some of the Islanders, but, like, I, do you like Andy Green, dude? Yeah, I never – I kind of really like Andy Green. He's got gray hair. He's You look at him and you know he's old as fuck. Like, you know, like the old guys in the NHL, no, they're still, like, in good shape and they still look like they, they still have it. You look at Andy Green, he looks like he should be playing the Mystery Alaska – and the guy's out there, and he's fine. He's John Beebe, and he's out there scoring goals. I thought that was sick. 
Um, I don't know if you'll agree with this take, but 29-year-old captain of the Devils, Andy Green, not cool. 35 years. 100%. Yes. For the Islanders, very cool. He's that that old Wiley vet now, and I love it. Yeah, because I don't think I – I don't think Andy Green would have been a player that I would have predicted – Ever. To stay in the league for this long. I mean, I could – I had Andy Green and Bryce Salvador's fucking level, bro. <laughs> uh, dude, Andy, I mean, he was an American defenseman. I guess he was good, but he's out there with fucking gray, like gray just for men fucking beard out here scoring goals in game seven. Like that was sick. And then uh, Mayfield ended up scoring a goal and he was the one who got um, his stick broke. And then the Flyers came down and scored there. Kevin Hayes, I thought played really well. That kind of sucks for the Rangers. Cause it seems like they need a number two center. Uh, Kevin Hayes, I thought, played out of their mind. Claude Giroux, I love Claude Giroux, but he's not Claude Giroux anymore. That's just a fact. And yeah. and honestly, one of the most disappointing Philadelphia Flyers, whenever they play the Rangers, Jacob Voracek is fucking buzzing. And I didn't see him once that entire series. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. I think Voracek was like one of their leading scorers in the playoffs before that. Um, so – I don't know what happened there, and you're right. I think Drew had that one game he scored. What was it, like game five? I looked it up, though. Game six, that game, I think it went to double overtime. He had 31 minutes of ice time, and he had two shots on goal. Like, I don't know, man. I agree with that, and I like – I still like Claude Giroux, and I don't – ah, I – I think I think you can say Claude Giroux is past his prime now. Yeah, which makes sense, dude. He's 30. Yeah, older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's so just not the he's just not the Claude Giroux of old. And also, dude, I remember when JVR was leaving the Maple Leafs and like Rangers fans, probably myself included, were like, "Man, it'd be cool to get JVR." Thank fucking God, that guy sucks. Yeah, no, I, I don't know if he sucks. Well, he was like getting scratched, dude. He's like a six million dollar player. Yeah, like I, oh, he doesn't. JVR doesn't suck, dude. He's like clearly better hockey player than I am. But yeah. <laughs> like. No, I agree. I, what happened? When, when did that happen? Because he was he was like a, a 25, 35 goal scorer. Yeah. No, I don't – I don't know. I think it ha- he's probably pretty old too, though. I feel like JVR is definitely older than people remember. He was – yeah, he's at 89. So, what's that make him? 31? 30? Yeah. I don't know. JVR was a tough signing. The other weird one to me, you know what player I feel like really fell off? And I don't want to rag on the flyer, so I'll say a positive really quick. Uh, Scott Lawton. I like Scott Lawton's a great hockey player. I kind of liked, I kind of liked the Flyers bottom six. They have like a ton of weird names that you don't know about, but like, who's that one guy who has two last names? Uh, oh, Abby. Uh, uh, what a cool name. Where'd that guy come from? He can play know. for my team. Yeah. Great player. Oh, he's from Alberta. So I don't know. I don't know on that either. Uh, I love when they said his name though, dude. It was like, fuck. All right. Dude, fucking – so Provorov's really good too, right? Like, there's a ton of positives. The yeah. one guy that just feels like he fell off to me, and I'm always, like, super hesitant um, to, like, say this, but Gossis Bear, like, do you remember when he came into the league and he yeah, was, like, yeah. a dud? Like, he Past flew- his prime, dude. But he's not past his prime, dude. He's 20 – he's a 93. Like, he's, like, 27 years old. Like, this should be his prime. You're just <laughs> – from now on is everyone just past their prime past their prime bro once you get to be don't you know man but like at least in rangers world if you turn like 22 you're past your prime hell yeah no i don't so i don't you're know right, dude he was the ghost he was sick he he they were like comparing him to like seth jones like when he came out maybe it wasn't seth jones maybe it was zach Wierenski. it was like one of them on the on the jackets where it was like the ghost i think it was Wierenski, the ghost and what happened 
I don't know because he put up 65 points a couple seasons ago, and then the last two years it's kind of fallen down a little bit. I'm assuming it's probably injuries, right? He always looked like a frail defenseman. And I think I don't think AV likes using him. And yeah. if you can if you get AV's doghouse, you're fucked. So what do you think on AV? Because we actually. I actually, like, pumped AV's tires for, like, the first time in my life prior to this series. Um, like, what do you think? Like, I feel like Flyers fans are sick of him. A lot of Rangers and Vancouver fans are throwing out, like, memes about, like, I told you so. Like, I don't – can you blame AV on this, though? I don't – I don't think he can. Like, how do you blame Elaine Yall for his captain not showing up and for, like, Jake Voracek not showing up? I don't, I don't know what else he could have done. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I maybe play Kevin Hayes a little bit more, connect me a little bit more. I I think I agreed with you, dude. Like, I feel like AV on the Flyers, and he's, like, big bad AV. He was, like, actually, like, kind of cool, dude. Like, he probably smells like that cigar cologne. Like, I just – I feel like he's kind of got a cool vibe to him. But with the Rangers, he put out Nick Holden and Mark Stahl for, like, two games in a row with their two minutes left in the game. Like, that, that's fucking up. With the Islanders, he, he met a better coach team. It's Barry Trotz, dude. Yeah. And shout, I, out, shout out Lindblom for coming back. Yeah, absolutely. Now, one guy you mentioned, too, that we didn't touch on is Konechny. He, had, he did not score. Like, I think he was yeah. noticeable. But that dude was an all-star this year. Like, I, he had a breakout year. I think Travis Konechny is a great player. Like, it just seems like this series – to me, and I know the Islanders are well coached and pretty much harped on the Flyers the whole time. This was a missed series for the Flyers. Like, I think the Flyers should have won this series. Like, they brought it to seven games. Drew, Voracek, Konechny, none of their big guns were scoring. Do you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) did you see – it had to have been. Did you see that pass by Broussard? Game seven? He fought – I think that was the goal Andy Green scored on. They got big game brass back in the lineup out of fucking nowhere. Everybody's played 18 games. He's only played 13. I have – I'm starting to have trouble fucking hating this Islanders team just because, like, I fucking really like Derek Broussard. I like Pajot. I think Pajot is sick. Um, he, dude, Brock the Scientist Nelson, I don't really like him, but he's playing good hockey. Like, the Isles, they just played, man. And, and it's fun because they're so structured. But every once in a while, Trotz will let Barzell go out there and just fucking skate with the puck for four minutes. And, yeah. it, I mean, we'll, we'll get more into the Islanders when we talk about Islanders lightning. But yeah. uh, I, First podcast back, let's get you involved. Any thoughts on the Isles Flyers? Not, not really, dude. I just – I I wanted to uh, double back on your Gostas Bear stats. I, I'm – Looked up his stuff. He's basically went in points 46, 39, 65, 37, and now this year 12. So that was like the past five years. He's He has really fallen off, and it's sad to see. Union defenseman. Union College. Union College. He's, uh, he's one of our pride and joys of the Capital Region. So, so BizDev, you're, uh, you're kind of an adopted son of Long Island now. Um, just kind of looking on Long Island train, like – I've always been thinking about back on this from all my visits when I played hockey down there and stuff. Are the bagels that much better? Do you really believe in the yeah. water? I do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you get on your bagel? I'm always, I've always just been a cinnamon raisin with butter, toasted with butter kind of guy. Wow. I so used you're, to, you're like a sweets bagel eater. Dude, I eat like a everything bagel, like dry. <laughs> what? So I uh, – I, I don't like I don't really fuck with cream cheese that heavy and like every now and then I'll do butter but I usually when they ask me how I want my bagel I just tell them to toss it in a bag. 
Oh my god, dude! <laughs> what do you do? Are you, you're definitely a cream cheese guy. You got yeah. cream. I uh. I, I do two different ones. I, I love a veggie cream cheese and I love a chive. Chive yeah. cream cheese is sick. I don't know if I've ever had a Long Island bagel, but I, I, I love bagels. I actually had, lo- is it lox? Is that what that's called? Yeah. You know what I, I had that on a bagel. That was kind of interesting. It was good. Salmon and capers. A Stewart's buttered roll. Hard yeah, rolls. I mean, Stewart's, Stewart's rolls are oh. next level. It's been peanut, a hot food. Peanut butter and butter. That used to be what I would do my pregame. Pre-practice, pre-game snack in high school. There we go. That. All right. I love that for us. All right. So that was the Eastern Conference. Now we're going to move on to our, our Western Conference. We'll start with the Stars and the Avs. The Stars took that on the Avalanche in seven games. Uh, quick – here's some, just some quick tidbits. Joe Pavelski, what a signing for them. He's got eight goals in the playoffs. I feel like the guy's lights out. Um, Miro Haskinen's leading the playoffs in points. That's impressive. I mean, we keep talking about these. Uh, actually, yeah. I'm going to pump my tires. I've been talking about this kid since he's come in the fucking league, and everybody's, oh, Rasmus Dahlin, oh, Kayla McCarr, oh, Quinn Hughes. Mero Haskinen's fucking nasty, and you guys need to start watching him because he's a big defenseman, and he's just – it's so hard to get past him, and he can turn it on if he wants to. So, shout out to that guy. Uh, <coughs> the abs, we talked about Kadri a little bit earlier. Um, the one thing I did have a question for you guys, I think it was game six. It was either game five or game six. Uh, the Avalanche are taking it to the Dallas Stars. Uh, Dallas Stars are pretty much checked out by the end of the first period. They get scored on. Uh, Sam Gerrard skating over to to the uh, to their circle with the boys, and Blake Como comes out of nowhere and just fucking blasts it. Blake Como, you heard that right. Blake fucking Como comes out of nowhere and puts twenty poor twenty one year old Sammy Gerrard on his rear end. All right. Not one of the Avalanche did anything. They all just put their hands up like, is there going to be a penalty? That team does not win a fucking championship, dude. Absolutely fucking not. You're telling me that Claude Lemieux, Adam Foote, uh, fuck, even Peter Forsberg would have just stood there and let Blake fucking Como take out their 21-year-old stud defenseman? I was sick to my stomach when I saw that. Yeah, no, I uh... – I agree with that, dude. Also, I think it's interesting. I think Gerard's like super young. He's like twenty one, but twenty one years old. You remember he came into the league. He, I think he was in a part of a trade from Nashville. I'm like ninety percent sure. And he played, he played for the like Avs at a pretty young age. He got blown the fuck up by someone. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't remember that. I'd love to see it though. He got absolutely buried, and I think Blake Como was still an Avalanche at that time. So I think it kind of goes to your point that Blake. Como did that against his old team, and that's not really a Blake Como move. And Blake Como knew that no one on the Avalanche was going to do anything. Nobody about was going to. They didn't even think about it. There was not one person on the ice who was like, "Man, I really wish I could kick the shit out of that guy." Yeah, no, I I 100% agree with that. Um, yeah, that was a trade that he was on the pro. Uh, he was drafted by the Preds, and then he was dealt alongside Vladislav Kamenev in a 2018 second round pick and a three team trade. Yeah. Um, the one thing I'll, I want to talk more about the abs, but the one thing we can touch on on the stars is the fucking hat trick in game seven. I don't, um, first oh, off, the kid has played four games this playoffs. When did the, um, when did the stars become like the, the Finnish like Olympic team and like that? I, I, I kind of love Got it. Rope hints too. And S- Mary Mason and you're right. Essa Lindell, this, uh, Kivaranta. Is that how you say it? Joel Kivaranta? Joel, I, gotta be honest with he, you. I think it's Kiviranta. 
I got to be completely honest with you, dude. I did not really know who this kid was. Didn't even know he existed. When so, they said that, I looked on the, the Twitter thing, and it's like, oh, we're so happy we have our Finn. I was like, holy shit, Rope Hens went off. And then I looked, I'm like, who the fuck is this guy scoring three goals in game seven? What? Yeah, dude. And the, and the thing I thought about it, too, that was so fucking funny, because I think it's what makes Finnish hockey players so great, is this kid – I mean, that's everyone's dream, right? You play growing up in, like, your driveway. Like, you're dreaming of scoring three goals in a game seven. No one had done it since Wayne Gretzky. Like, think about – just think about that. And this kid does it. In the post-game press conference, he was talking about how he just hopes he's going to be in the lineup for the next series. Like, that's, that's what his mentality was. It's like he hoped he earned a fucking spot. It's like, dude, you just scored a hat trick in game seven. Like, some fluky goals, but, like, he was around it. Like, that's – as a fan, there can't be a more – like a better feeling than some like call up lighting it up in a game seven. Like that would never happen for the Browns. That would never happen for the Rangers either. And if it did, my expectations of that kid would be wildly inaccurate. Like the only like super irrelevant, not irrelevant because this is a great player and I fucking love him that comes to mind. when I think about this scenario is Mike Rupp in the finals that one year when he like scored those huge goals and like he had kind of been an AHL guy, but it's just like, I don't know. It's so crazy to me. to just kind of see that unfold. And for the star, I'll stop on the stars because we're going to talk about them in a second because I actually am, like, super confused about the stars. I am too. The fucking abs, man. I I think it sucked. Eric Johnson going down is absolutely huge, right? Like Awful. Awful. That was terrible for them. He he is so much better than Jack Johnson. It's crazy. Shout out, uh, USA yeah. Hockey defenseman. And uh, losing Landis Cog for game seven was pretty brutal. Yeah, so – you think about those injuries and they stretch it to game seven. I think, I think what McKinnon's own three in game sevens now, like I don't. Oh, think, don't be blaming that shit on no, Nate McKinnon. I'm not, dude. I, what I was going to say is I don't think that's going to last much longer. Like I think. That team is going to be good for a long time. Yeah. So I've said for the last three years, I said it before this playoffs, I don't think the abs are ready for, I think next season they will be a force to be reckoned with and they'll at least make it to the conference finals. I don't. I don't see how this team slows down. They have that Bo Byron kid that's going to be like – Oh, I completely forgot about him. They have yeah. so many different defensemen. Grubauer was down. I mean, Fran Kuz, Pavel Fran Kuz, I thought he was like a reliable backup. He did not play well. And Michael Hutchinson on the flip side played great. Like, that's a random-ass goalie. Can you imagine it was the quarterfinals or the semifinals of the Western Conference Finals in 2020, and Michael Hutchinson and Anton Hudobin were the two goalies going at it. Yeah. And they used to be goalies in fucking Providence together. I don't – I just kind of a weird series. I think injuries killed them. Is that the I, first time you've seen two right-handed catching goalies on one team? Oh, I don't know. That's a really good point too. Maybe because when Hutchinson came in, I'm like, oh, he's right-handed. I was like, isn't the other guy right-handed? Yep. Very strange, but I think yeah, isn't that weird when you're shooting on a goal and he's right-handed compared to left-hand? Tell the tell the listeners why that is weird. If if people don't play hockey, if they don't understand it. Oh, Dale. I just gave you a softball, bro. All right, well, let's, let's throw it to Dale with this, dude. Dale, as an Avs fan, we know you're not as active anymore, um, but you're still an Avs fan at heart. Are you, what are you feeling for next year? Are you feeling optimistic? Like, yeah, I mean, quick quick recap on the series. I did watch a couple of games. I saw, yeah. yeah, dude, I thought McKinnon was, like, electric, just how fast he – how fast he moves in the offensive zone, the way – like, there was one play in, in particular where Landeskog, like, dropped it to him on the half wall and he came up the high slot. And this dude's just doing, like, 
three, four full-fledged crossovers at the top of the slot. Like, you don't see other players doing that, and I thought that was incredible. They, the other players aren't capable. It's yeah, like, it's like how, the cannon's so fucking good, man. Yeah, and then McCarr, like, he kind of fumbled one behind the net one time that led to, a, like, a really oh, yeah. weird goal. And you could just see it in, like, his eyes and just the way he was just so pissed at himself. But sure enough. I thought – you know right. what, dude? I, that's a great point, Garrison, because it happened with Quinn Hughes, too, on the Canucks. Quinn Hughes, Camel Carr, those are the two young defense and everybody talks about. Quinn Hughes was fucking pissed on the bench, like, freaking out. And Travis Green came over. And it's kind of weird. You don't normally see a fucking 19-year-old kid throw, like, a hissy fit on the bench. You know what I mean? And yeah, the coach he, came over and, like, calmed him down. Then Hughes went right back out and did And Kale McCarr kind of did the same thing. Like, he fucked that puck up behind the net. And you, he got scored on. You could just tell all he wanted to do was just, like, get the fuck out of there. Or, or no, he just kind of, like, internalized and was like, I'm fucking – I'm going to score the yeah, next one. Dude, yeah. The next game he had, like, the game winner. So, I it's thought nice that was to cool. See those to young see. defensemen step up like that. That was cool. Yeah. And then I – but I – ultimately, I think you nailed it on the head when you said, like, nobody's – Nobody's fighting uh, Blake Como. That was crazy. So, the Avs, skilled players, fast team, always always been that way for the last couple of years. But, yeah, you're right. They, if I'm Joe Sackick, that's the one thing back. I'm doing in the offseason is I'm finding somebody on somewhere yeah. that brings a little alpha to my locker room because that yeah. that can't happen. I don't care that we're in 2020. I don't, I don't care about these fucking power plays and all this bullshit. Adam Foote never would have let that happen. Joe Sackett never would have let that happen. Like, that was so insane to me that he just got belligerently blown up skating to the fucking handshake line and nothing was done. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, Feel bad. Sad. It's a sad day in Colorado. Only other quick thing I want to say about the Avs, though. Stars went 9 for 23 on the power play. So, that's like a 60% kill percentage. Can't win a series like that. That's obviously – that's a huge hole. Like, and I don't know. Johnson was down. Don Scully was injured. I'm – Donskoy always killed penalties for the Sharks. Landis Gog, I think, has some key game time. So maybe they had players out. But when you bring over guys like Kadri, too, like you expect better than 60% on the PK. And part of that might be because their goalie's stuck. Is that like a good PK, like 20%? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And most and – most, no, most, yeah, most penalty kills you want to be at least like 80%. Usually the top in the league's closer to 90, I'm pretty sure. So, But, I mean, that's also telling you that the fucking – the uh, – the Stars power play is clicking. Miro Haskin has eight power play points. I just talked about him. Five goals, 16 assists, 21 points. Pretty sure he leads the playoffs in points. Uh, one last thing with the Stars. They're doing all this with Tyler Sagan only having seven points in 16 games. So you better hope that guy doesn't get hot. Uh, love Jamie Ben. Last series, we are going to go to the Vegas Golden Knights and the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, the Knights ended up taking them down in seven. Talked about this with Hal before the, before the show. I never in my life would think that I would be like an open Vancouver Canucks fan. I love the makeup of their team, dude. I love Roussel. JT Miller literally looks like an all-star. I couldn't believe that. Pedersen's disgusting. And then you have Besser and Bo Horvat, both guys who are primary goal scorers. Like, they, they can do whatever. And then you look at Quinn Hughes, and I, I love Tanev because he's just an ugly motherfucker. And you have, like, that Alex Edler who's, like, the Swedish version of Andy Green. And you have Markstrom and Thatcher Demko, dude. How about that kid? Huh? A little Boston College action. Uh, I just thought what the Vancouver Canucks were able to do with their team, I thought it was, like, incredible. Like, And I love the fact that when they got eliminated, they were like, we can't wait to be back next year to prove it again. Like, 
that's a team that I would be proud to be a fan of. Because the Vancouver Canucks should not be in a series with the with the Vegas Golden Knights. The Vegas Golden Knights are a better team. Yeah, Vegas uh, is better. I would agree with that. I uh, I think it's gross, dude. I still think Canucks fans are the worst fans on the planet. So it kind of makes sense that you would want to hang out with them. Um, I just wanted to point that out, dude. It was like a week ago. I told you this. They were like Canada's team. I forget who someone compared them to. Oh, they compared this team to the year that the Blackhawks started the dynasty. Like, we're just not there yet. But, uh, I mean, there's definitely positives for the Canucks. I mean, you touched on it, dude. I think There's some relations with that Blackhawks thing, though. Because if you look at these young Vancouver Canucks forwards, they have one, two, three, four. They have four forwards that are, like, first-line guys. Yeah, I mean – and young. I guess, dude, but I also think, and I know JT Miller was a point-per-game player, and I know he looked great, but, like, if he's one of your, like, top three forwards, are you really a cup contender? Am I off on this? Petter- Pedersen, Miller, Horvat, Besser. This is kind of where I start agreeing with you. They need to get rid of guys like Tanner Pearson and Tyler Toffoli and bring in some legitimate yeah. secondary scoring. I don't hate Tyler Toffoli as, like, a third-line scorer. I mean, Third-line, but, scorer. Yeah. but yeah. Not, you don't want him on your second line, dude. But then you have guys like Tyler Mont, Brandon Sutter, who, like, are pretty good for your lower ones. I, I love Troy, uh, Troy Stetcher. Jake Vertanen, can we talk about him? He got chirped by the Vegas Golden Knights bench, and they started calling him fat and that he looked like Patty Maroon. This is the second time this has happened in this playoffs where Patty Maroon has been called fat openly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what What's are you – What's the deal? Hold on, dude. What do you think? I just I think it's I think it's ridiculous, man. The fat shaming that's going on in hockey right now is it's incredulous and it's uh it's premeditated, honestly, and I think it should be gone. I think it's weird though, like Can we talk about I just said recur- what wait, what did I say? Regurgitated? I don't no. know. Incredulous. That's a Pierre Maguire term. It's incredulous. Helter I, Skelter I, in here, folks. Please say Pierre Maguire after this, but yeah, dude, I don't – I feel like Patty – he's been called Fatty Patty since 2010. Like, I feel oh. like he's probably over it at this point. I will mention, though, such a ricochet shot. Like, he's not even in that series. Oh, my God, right, dude? Referencing his, like, body mass index. It's like, Jesus, give me <laughs> a break. Dude, that and, like, if you're Jake Vertanen, are you just hammering the gym now? Are the – am I crazy? Or was I, like – did I have too many beers this weekend? Or did I actually see that uh, Pierre Maguire got interviewed to be a GM somewhere? Yep, for the Arizona Coyotes. I mean, if you're a Coyotes fan, that is worst case scenario. I don't I I I just like I don't know, man. I don't hate Pierre as much as most people do, but if you just went through and your team lost all those draft picks, which we never talked about, I don't think. I think that punishment was so fucking harsh. And that analytics nerd, if he if he like is working in the NHL, even if it's on the opposite side, I think that's so messed up. That that guy skates away scot free, and Tyke Ari- doesn't walk into Arizona without a fucking duel, dude. I don't, I don't under. I thought everything that happened was so crazy, and for the NHL to bury the Coyotes, who have been a struggling franchise that just had got finally got good owners that want to spend to the cap, turn the franchise around, and then they just punish them with like, what do they lose? A first, second, and third one year, and a second and third the next year for a scouting thing over some douche who doesn't work there anymore. I thought that was messed up. So if you're a Coyotes fan and now you hear Pierre Maguire might be your GM, it's like, oh, my God, like, what do I what do I believe in anymore? You have to start looking at there's a team in Dallas 
to my right and a team in Vegas to my left, and it seems like they're confident. Like, how much longer could I deal with this? Yeah, and you know what, man? I think I think you're kind of even directing that more to the fact that, like, Pierre's been involved with other with other teams. Like, the Hartford Whalers, I, I, I think he was with the Penguins for a bit. Like, he's been involved with other teams where it just didn't work. Um, I actually would go out on a limb and say I don't think there's a human being on planet Earth that loves hockey more than that guy. And I know he can be annoying, but I think throughout the years, I've kind of gotten like a respect for him. Like he knows the, the dumbest shit, but the only people that know that are people who truly love the game and can't get enough of it. So I know a lot of people hate Pierre Maguire. I fucking get it. But like, I don't think he's bad for the game. I think he loves fucking hockey. Like as, as someone, I love reading like hockey DB. Yeah, yeah, like, and that's all he does. That is all that guy does. It's not that hard. It's not like he's doing anything that crazy. People act like he's such a loser, dude. He's just re- he's just clicking a couple links, learning a little. Couple bit. links, dude. He finds out where he went to high school and he looks up your yearbook. That's not weird. You think? Here's a question. Do you think if like Pierre, even though it is weird, his name used to be Regis, and it's fun to make fun of him. Do you think Pierre is gonna turn into like a Stan Fischler type, where he'll be a historian of the game and he'll write books and shit? Oh man. That's a great question, dude. Who who comes down who who's more well known in the hockey community when it's all said and done, Stan Fischler or Pierre Maguire? Well, I think Pierre Maguire just nationally, but I think Stan Fischler locally. In terms of like hockey historians, Stan Fischler's like Albert Einstein. I guess, dude, but I don't think the average hockey fan knows that unless you're from New York. Do you know what True. I mean? True. So- yeah, different different eras, dude. Steroid era. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know where. What were we talking about to get to this point? Uh, Jake for Tanning got called fat, and I asked. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't know. I don't have much diet. more on that. Um, <laughs> quick, Pierre I'm said. I'm not sure he, I understand. Oh, what's oh, up, Siri? Um, quick, quick coaching stat. Nine, year 1993, 94 season with the Hartford Whalers. Pierre went 23 and 37. Uh, finishing sixth in the Northeast and missing yeah. the playoffs. So, like, he, and I, that's one year of coaching, but I'm pretty sure he's been involved with like other hockey teams. So, I think a lot of people, I don't know. And the other thing too is that's coaching, and I'm sure he's probably been on the management side. But we, like, we were talking about this like last week when we were talking about like Aaron Boone going to the Yankees or whatever, yeah. and the the thing of bringing someone from like ESPN or like a a network and putting them on a team. I wouldn't want my GM to like not have been in like the hockey business like I would want him to come from a different organization I just would want him to have a feel for the current league do you know what I mean yeah I like you're gonna get yelled at for saying that because there are so many people on Twitter that get so pissed off that like the NHL just continues to recycle their old coaches and like oh. GMs and shit and it's well, like so with GMs on my on my thing I'm not necessarily saying like a Peter Shirelli type like I'm not saying someone who's been there done that I'm talking about like an assistant GM like I think uh, Chris Drury was getting interviewed for the Florida position. Everybody wants Drury. I don't whoever know why. Got, whoever got hired in Florida, um, they had been like an assistant GM for years. Someone like that who's like earned it, you know? I yeah. do. I know maybe people think that's old school, but I don't think I don't think it's like an old school mentality. No. You're earning your keep, dude, and you're getting the ins and outs of like what's expected from that job without actually having to do it. Hundred uh, percent. Oh. The only other thing I think on this series really to discuss, because we'll talk about the Knights in the next round too, and we basically just pump the Canucks tires, is the the Reeves suspension. Yeah, we can get to that. What do you think? Oh, um, he, he only got a game? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, 
Here's the one thing about the reset. It was definitely a scumbag hit, but, like, he hadn't moved his legs. Like, he he glided for, like, a good six seconds before he hit him. So, it wasn't like he was fucking absolutely coming in, trained, you know, you know what I mean? Like, but at the same time, he's not moving, so he has way more time to kind of, like, figure out not to hit a guy in that. I would have given him more than one game. Like, you fucking blasted him. I think if, uh, if Ma actually got hurt, like, hurt, hurt, that probably would have been worse. But what do you have on it? Yeah, I don't know. I thought it's just weird to me because if you circle back to the Tampa series, like the Richie hit, I thought was going to get games. And I thought this hit would have gotten more than one game too. I'm okay with one game, honestly, just because it's like the Western Conference Finals and it's a lot. It just seems like the NHL is so confused. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like those, I thought those were like the hits they wanted to remove. And it seems like they're uh, more worried about other stuff. And and I'm just going to kind of roll into this, too. I don't know if you agree with this. Doesn't it seem like the NHL is refing these games more like regular season games? Yeah. Playoffs? Yeah, they really are. It's a lot of ticky-tack shit. The refereeing in the playoffs has been brutal. Yeah, and you don't want to, like, fucking shit on them that much. Like, right, because then you're that fan that just blames everything on the refs. It just feels like in moments where they should let them play, uh, they're not. I don't know. Yeah. It, no, and it's – yeah, but it's frustrating because cause it's playoffs, dude. Like, they, the rules shouldn't change, but they do every fucking year. Like, they kind of let them play a little bit more, and I don't know. I think I think you're right on From that. From a fan's perspective, like, when you're watching your team and, like, one of the guys on your team, like, a defenseman, like, has a light hook on someone in front of the net or something, and they raise their hand. It's like, what the fuck? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, is that really changing the outcome of the game? Like, it's just, like, an added element to battling in the playoffs. I just wish they would put the whistles away. Uh, but the Reeves hit, I'm fine with, uh, and I don't. Do you have anything else on this series? Not really. I think we can kind of move on to the to the Eastern and Western Conference Finals. Yeah, so let's do it. Dallas Vegas. I think I talked about this last time. I said I said I thought it's such a shame that the coronavirus is happening because I think Dallas Vegas with fans in the crowd would have been so crazy. And I'm so happy. This is best case scenario I think for the NHL, right? Like the Raiders are going to Las Vegas. Um, you, I think you're a little worried about that because the Knights have been so popular, but they just continue to win. And now they're building this rivalry in the conference finals against like one of the closest teams to them. I just think it's fucking perfect from that perspective. Um, I, I don't know. So last night, Hudobin has the shutout, right? And so Dallas is up one nothing. Um, and we got to make our predictions. The one thing I'll say on that, and the reason I wanted to transition so quick was Ryan Reeves being suspended was huge. Um, I, I don't know. I just don't think if you're the stars, you're going to shut out, uh, the nights night in night out. I think if you're the stars and this is what I was kind of holding on to, we kind of touched on it. Like Sagan and Ben, like really aren't producing still like their star players aren't producing their backup goalie is in, they kind of have a St. Louis blues vibe right now. Um, where it's like, this team makes no sense and I love it. I just don't know if, if it's going to last against the Knights. Like, I just – I don't know if they can pull it out. Uh, if we're going predictions, I'm going to go – and I hate this team. And if you know any, anyone's listening to this podcast, I hate this team. I'm going Knights in six. Knights in six. All right. Um, It's hard not to pick the, the Vegas Golden Knights, dude. Uh, they, they just buzz. I'm looking at their stats. Mark Stone, how fucking fun is he to watch, man? Like, what? He's so fucking good at hockey. It's insane. That's a name that's not brought up nearly enough. Did you see that? Uh, 
them that someone made of him just of him just yeah pickpocketing people like he's definitely on team canada's team right yeah i would say so good like fourth line role can you imagine him on a line with bergeron yeah Holy fuck uh yeah. Shea Theodore, 16 points in 16 games. Riley Smith, I don't think anybody would ever thought he'd still have the continued success that he does. I guess their forwards really aren't really producing all that much. Uh, Alex Tuck's there, Jonathan Marcheseau. Pacioretty's got five goals, two assists, seven points. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm also going to take Vegas just because I think you're right. I mean, they're, they're just a really – they're a really good team. They're a good hockey team. And I'm, I'm not saying the Stars aren't. But I see. I've seen crazier shit happen. But I'm gonna go Vegas and six. Yeah. So we we have the same exact pick, which is a little crazy. And again, I really want to reiterate. I know they're down 0-1 right now, but I think Ryan Reeves completely changes that lineup. And I think yeah, I think game two will probably be a different story. Bizdev, dude. I mean, you're back in the swing. Uh, you were you were pretty hot. What do we Vegas. got? Yeah. I also got Vegas. Vegas and seven though. Changing it up. I think it'll be tight. Okay. I love I love a game seven in the fucking Western Conference Finals. That'd be sick. I fucking love how we all have the nights. Um, it's gonna be tough for me and Ked to to not finish tied if we don't make the same pick. So it's gonna be kind of interesting. I'm not gonna make the same pick with you with Eastern. I don't think I don't think I will. All right, so let's fucking let's just get right into it. All right, can I go first, dude. I said it last week, and I'll continue to say it, dude. The New York Islanders are gonna win the Stanley Cup. There it is. I got Isles in six. Why? Part of me thinks it's because they're the best coach team, and then the other part of me is, is I'm willing to lose this competition if it jinxes the Islanders. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I guess I don't, I guess I don't really hate that. Um, we're recording this Monday night right now. Happy Labor Day! After the second period, it's five-one Lightning. I, I really think this. Braden is, point with two goals, by the way. Yeah, I think this is something that. Um, I was kind of alluding to earlier. I just think the Lightning are a different beast compared to what the Islanders have seen. When the Bruins went from when the Bruins went from the Hurricanes to the Lightning, it was like fucking culture shock, dude. It was like <laughs> we were. Oh, we're playing, oh, we're playing playoff hockey now. Yeah, like this is not what we were playing before. This is completely different. I think that's happening to the Islanders now, and you know the Islanders are going to bounce back, right? Like, I, I they're well coached. They have all the grit. They play up and down. I just, I'm, t- I can't see the Lightning losing to anybody. I just, I don't see it. Uh, I got Lightning. I'll go Lightning in six. Dale, Lightning in five. I just, Ooh. just think they take it to him. All right, that's fine. So either, yeah, I'm good with this, dude. Because even if I lose, the Islanders get eliminated in the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm fucking perfect with that. All right, yeah, I don't – and, I mean, the other thing, too, with these two series, uh, what do you have on it? Like, when this all started up, I don't think anybody would have had the Islanders and the Stars in this final four. No. Um, kind of looking at it, I was trying to see if there was any similarities. I think the – I think when all it's all said and done, I think the Knights and the Lightning were the two best teams in both their conferences, and they both made it. So that kind of shows, right, like not that many flukes happen. I just can't get over the fact that the Islanders have played so well. And, like, I don't I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me how you could be so confident in them winning this round. You know, it's just a fucking thing, man. I, it's, 
Ted's, Ted's no, on. Sorry, I had to plug back in my monitor. Um, they just play really good fucking hockey, dude. The Islanders just play really, really fucking good hockey. And the one I'm confused about is the Dallas Stars. Like, should they be there? I I never would have fucking guessed that. People love to talk about the Islanders playing boring hockey. Is that your? Is that your? Dude, they just they they make every team play a two hundred foot game every fucking time. And like we kind of talked about it a little bit before, it's fucking hard to get through them. And they're in their defense, man. They're they're playing out of their goddamn minds. And then the, they have the fucking like uh, what's the word I'm looking for. They can they can just play either goalie. It doesn't matter what one they pick. Like that's uh, that's huge for a team. Um, and I mean Barzal's awesome. Anthony Bavillier is kind of taking his game to a whole new level. And then Josh Bailey is leading the team. Two goals, fifteen assists, fifteen assists. And I I mean I haven't really even seen anything about him. Derek Broussard. It's just it's weird, man. I have no idea. But those those are the picks. I think. That's all you got, Hal? I don't know, man. I don't. Yeah. I think so. I Dale. <laughs> just just wanted to give a shout out to Bobby Ryan. He hey, just won the Masterson's trophy. We're we not gonna cut that. You're gonna make them listen. So we're we gonna make them listen to that? Like what's the verdict there? Yeah, they're listening to that. I don't even know what we were talking about, dude. I kinda got lost. Yeah. Uh, I, Dale, what do you got? I was just going to give Bobby Ryan a shout-out. He just won the Masterson, Masterson Trophy as the player who best exemplifies the qualities of perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication to hockey. And the shit he went through, and then to come back and score a hat-trick, that was huge. Um, also, another quick shout-out to that lo- – I think it was the Locomotive KHL team that had Pavel Dimitra and Alex Karpitsev. It's been nine years. Do you guys remember that? That shit was fucking crazy when that happened, man. Just really unfortunate that that happened, and – uh there was actually, there's another story. I don't know if you saw this. So the Coonland Red Star, the team that Brandon Yip plays for, that he was on the pod and we were like talking about and all this stuff. So they're not playing in China this year. I think I, I think probably COVID would be my guess. Um, they're playing in a team in Russia and they had an American coach. I think their coach was Frazier. I might be wrong, but I think it is. Um, so when they had to move their team to Russia, all these guys had to get like their visas fixed. And everybody thought they were coming back, all this stuff. And then when they went to come back, the Red Star fired all their coaches, like pretty much fired all of their like Chinese and like import players. And I think Alex Kovalev's their coach now. And I don't even know if he's going to play this year. He got, he got, he's not playing either. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing, but this is, this is like currently going on right now. This team like pretty much just fucked everybody over. Why? Why? What do they gain from that, though? I think I think it's because they're playing their games in Russia now, and I think they just want like a Russian team. I don't know. Yeah, that is weird to me. But like, I would think hopefully that Yip would be over there because he was he was their leading scorer last year. I feel like, and I and I also think compared to like all the other teams, weren't they like super North American compared to the rest of the league? Yeah, and yeah, they were. So listen to this. It says three coaches are suing the Coonland Red Star. Head coach Kurt Frazier, Steve Casper, and Dusty Emo were all under contract. Um, last season was cut short. All returned to North America. Frazier said he didn't get a paycheck since. KHL operated as usual. Teams made trades. And then while Frazier said he spent the five months in Dallas preparing for the season, uh, he'd go on Zoom calls, and he called the uh, GM about missing paychecks. He told me they couldn't bring us back because of visa problems. Then I talked to other North American-born KHL coaches, Bob Hartley and Bill Peters, and they were like, no, no, everything is good for us. No visa problems for them. So Kulin's going to a suburb in Moscow. Um, 
they weren't able to get Frazier a Russian visa because they're owned by a Chinese company in the Red Star, but the Red Star were able to obtain a visa for at least one American-born player, Jake Chelios. Uh, and it kind of just keeps going on. We kept calling the team about asking travel, and they said, oh, we send you next week, next week. And then suddenly they said they're moving to Russia, and they're gone. And they, and they haven't heard from them since July 14th. So these three coaches are suing the Kunlin Red Star for a million dollars right now. Or millions. I don't oh, one million. So if they're suing the Kunlin Red Star, they're going to have to go to court in China? Like, oh, dude, I don't know. I, do you think I'd know that, man? I'm just saying, like, do you think, like, the Chinese government's going to give a shit about, like, three – like North American coaches trying to get their salary back from the Kunlun Red Star? I don't know. It was just a fucking story that came out that I thought was crazy. And I texted Joey Diamond. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? He's like, bro, I have no idea. No, I'm not I'm not trying to discredit it. I think it sounds super interesting. My point just being is I think if you're a coach, you're just kind of fucked. Like, I don't really think you're going to – like, I don't – Especially think if you're going to a different country, right? Because, like, do you even really want to get involved with the laws of other countries? Yeah, and what's the KHL scared of? Bad publicity? Like, they haven't dealt with that before. That's basically their middle name. Like. That's how they overcome. Like they're not, they're not concerned with this, no. Yeah, it's it's fucking weird. And and Dale, you mentioned uh, Bobby Ryan. Uh, Matt Dumba was also honored by the NHL for anti-racism community efforts. Um, was it just an honor? Did he get an award? Uh, I'm trying to find the award name. It doesn't say it on here. That's so weird. But all right, so shout out to Dumba. Good stuff. He beat out Matt. He he beat out Henrik Lundqvist for the King Clancy Award. King Clancy. Okay. What is that? Just like uh, is that giving back to the community? Yeah. Who best exemplifies leadership qualities on and off the ice and has made noteworthy human humanitarian com- contributions to his community? Dude, I feel like anybody who's nominated for that award, that's kind of fucking cool. Like, what do you think the percentage of NHL players do that? Like, actually do something, to give back to the community. You think they all do, or do you think like there's only like four on each team? I don't know. I feel like every, and this is probably messed up to say, I feel like every pro athlete has a charity and only like half of them are like real. Yeah. That's, I don't know. If, I don't know if that's true, but like, that's what I think. Yeah. Like I just feel like some of them are just kind of like for publicity or like tax reasons where some people go like the extra mile. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I can't, this is just off the top of my brain, but I feel like Dominic Moore was probably nominated for a King Clancy Memorial trophy. Dominic Moore would do these charity ping pong tournaments, dude. Did he really? See, yeah. and that's something that he yeah, loved. For his, for his wife, man. I'm not chirping him, dude. I was saying that as like a positive. I'm trying to find out the name of the ping pong tournament. Uh, it's called Smash Fest, dude. Well, there you go. Maybe it wasn't for the wife. Maybe it's about concussions. I thought it was for his wife. Uh, player inspired one-of-a-kind works of art with proceeds to cancer research. Nice. So he's all over He's all over it. I don't know. That's cool. I mean, yeah, dude. I'm looking at this picture of Dominic Moore, and he's wearing a lab coat and fucking lab gloves. I'll send you this picture. This is awesome. Yeah, the only dude. The only thing I was just thinking about too with Bobby Ryan is I was about to say, do you think Bobby Ryan has enough juice to like make a difference on a team that's not the Ottawa Senators? And then I free agent. No, I just looked at his contract, and he's making. Seven and a half million for two more years. That's crazy. That stinks. I'm Love- glad he came back, but that's a rough contract. Yeah, 100%. It's an awesome story. And he was such a good hockey player. But he's another guy. He's going to be 33, 34 those two years making seven and a half million. That's crazy to think about. But he's also with the Sunders, who's a younger team that I think can kind of, that can kind of afford having a few set like years of just being strapped and just rebuilding, you know? 
Yeah, hundred percent. But all right, guys. Well, that was this episode of uh, Morning City. You guys, have anything else? Dale. Oh, it's good to be back. Um, yeah, rest in peace, Mac Miller. Too. It's been two years since then. So maybe. Thank you for saying that, dude. I thought about that uh, at the beginning of the thing, and I forgot to mention it. We'll we'll definitely play out with a Mac Miller song. Play some trivia. Can you believe it's been two years since that happened? No, I've pretty much lost track of all concept badly. Time. I badly. I hit uh, like twenty. How old was I? Like twenty-seven, and now like I don't have a clue what's going on. Hey, really quick, dude. Uh, how's all the responsibility? You talked about how you're a father now on the last podcast. Uh, any updates on fatherhood? I mean, dude, I love the dog, but she peed in my bed again today, so she's kind of on my shit list. So I was actually interested in this, and this is why I asked it earlier. I was wondering if you were like, is that dog always going to be allowed in your bed? Or are you always? Oh no, no, dude, this is the worst fucking part. She peed in the bed the first time on National Dog Day, so then <laughs> I just I started putting her in her crate to go to bed, like. There's been no problems. Um, last night, what happened? Oh, no, 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 yeah, no problem. So this morning I let her out, and then I'm just kind of chilling in bed, go back to bed. She comes back up, like, two hours later, so I just kind of, like, put her in my bed, and, like, I'm, like, FaceTiming uh, somebody, and, like, I'm kind of fucking around with her. Doesn't, don't you know, she just takes a fucking big old piss on my sheets. I'm like, <laughs> you motherfucker. Oh, yeah, so – um again definitely on the shit list but dude she's she's so cool and she's getting huge like out of nowhere dale finally got to meet her what'd you think dude she's awesome dude she's fucking she's cat's dog she's yeah dude there's what six seven girls around she's just a magnet it was incredible well dale also i mean dale you're gonna be you're gonna get a dog too is that the rumor are you yeah big news i'm driving out to uh michigan pick up little fur ball chocolate chocolate lab um october 3rd haven't come up with a full name yet but bro grizz is on their grizz. list of names like yeah, grizz grizz Dale, significant others okay with grizz yeah i know i talked to him about it. i think it's a it's a dog and it's like an he said he's getting the dog an hour away from detroit so you're telling me a dog from detroit michigan named grizz is gonna be the toughest dog at the dog park yeah stevie stevie staying inside when grizz is out <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so Ryan yeah. said he said he <laughs> Grizz is gonna break her heart. Yeah. Wow. So, That's I, what you said, Al. <laughs> when he t- just based on those facts, dude. Just based on those facts, I said that's a tough dog. I'm just saying, like that could be an issue. Similar ages. Probably not wrong, dude. Whenever Stevie meets a dog, she just fucking shows, <laughs> just goes right to her back. I'm like, Jesus, man. It's like your old man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm. I'm excited to see Dale. I'd, li- I'd like to point out growing up, Dale was more of a catfish guy. Um, I know he had dogs prior, but when I knew him, he was a catfish guy. So Dale has always been a catfish guy. I, wouldn't, I would even say Jasper is not really his dog. Like, I think this is, this is Dale's first big dog. Yeah. And it's I'm happy a, for him. It's going to be a big dog, too, dude. I'm happy for him. Thanks, bro. All right, dude. That's all I got, man. I'm, I'm Way to end the pod with some positivity, boys. Woo! Anybody want to hop on the sticks, play a couple games of cat? No, dude. I, game itself. I don't know if anyone agrees with this, and we should probably cut this off, but I think sometimes the scaries, the Sunday scaries are worse on a Monday after a holiday. Like, oh, so you think sometimes? All the time. Although, yo, I only got four more days. Four more days, and I'm done. There you go. Oh, boy. Shout out to the morning skate for help for helping my career. Thank you. Dead ass though.
Yeah. So, all right, guys. Uh, we will see you guys next week. Shine, take a breath and ease my mind She don't cry no more She tell me that I get her high Cause I ain't just supposed to fly I ain't asking why no more Oh no, I take it if it's mine I don't stay inside the lines It ain't 2009 no more Yeah, I know what's behind that door Yeah, okay, you gotta jump in the swim Well, the light was dim and this light was sin Now every day I wake up and breathe I don't have it all, but that's alright with me Take it nice and easy, took a flight to see me Send you back home with a light that's beaming The whole team about to figure it out We ice cold, that's what winter about And sometimes, sometimes, I wish I took a simpler route Instead of having demons that's as big as my house mm-hmm. Have a ball with it dribble and bounce Cause the party ain't over till they kicking me out Yeah, isn't it funny we can make a lot of money Buy a lot of things just to feel a lot of ugly I was yay high and muddy Looking for what was looking for me But I don't need to lie no more Nowadays all I do is shine Take a breath and ease my mind She don't cry no more She tell me that I get her high Cause I ain't just supposed to fly I ain't asking why no more Oh no, I take it if it's mine I don't stay inside the lines It ain't 2009 no more Yeah, I know what's behind that door Yeah, they ask me what I'm smiling for Well, because I've never been this high before It's like I never felt alive before Mm-hmm Rather have me peace of mind than war You see me and you, we ain't that different I struck the fuck out and then I came back swinging Take my time to finish, mind my business A life ain't a life till you live it I was digging me a hole, big enough to bury my soul Weight of the world, I gotta carry my own, my own